Hello everyone and welcome back to my podcast, uh, my thought journal, the fan decides to turn on. Um, anyway, excuse me, <coughs> excuse me, sorry about that. Um, hi guys, welcome back to the podcast. Um, I know last week I talked about schizotypal disorder and today I wanted to kind of, um, kind of keep going with the um, whole schizo um, type theme that I have going right now and this and today I want to talk about schizoid personality disorder um I did a little more did a little more research in my last episode I know my last episode was a bit shorter which I'm not sure if you guys liked if it was if it's shorter or not um I'm still trying to play around with times and topics and everything um but today I wanted to continue on and talk about schizoid personality disorder um a lot of articles that I will mention you know have more similar thing you know like what is you know treatment all that so I'm gonna try to skip about it as much as I can um but kind of like last episode um I try to leave um some of the links that I talk about, the articles I talk about, um, in the description of the episode, if you guys want to read the articles for yourselves, um, and I will leave, um, yeah, I will leave those down there below, um, but to start off my, with a disclaimer that, you know, I'm not a mental health professional, I'm not a medical professional, you know, I'm not, you know, I'm not qualified in any way to give people advice, or, you know, treatment or anything, so, anything you hear today, if you, you know, of course, you feel, you know, any kind of, you know, you feel like these symptoms or these kind of experiences, like, portray to you in a very high, uh, intense way, or, you know, someone else you may know, um, please go seek help from, you know, someone's actually qualified, you know, go see your doctor, mental health professional, um, along those lines, because they are more qualified to help you, um, but yeah, I just want to start off with that because, you know, just make sure I don't want anyone to be like, you ruined my life. You ruined my life. You ruined everything because I listen to a podcast of a random dude. So just to make sure that's out there and then we can get, now we can get started. Um, I'm going to try to move um, kind of the same order I did with my last one um, where I kind of like read articles. Um write articles about it, maybe give my thought, um, here and there, um, and then, like, kind of, like, give an, like, read an experience that someone has about schizoid personality disorder, um, and I'm gonna kind of go along the same lines there, Uh, I'm not sure if we'll be around the same, um, time as I'm recording this, so maybe around, you know, sometime, I feel like since I have a lot more articles on it, um, it'll be definitely going back a little bit, uh, Excuse me, a little bit, maybe, um, I'll lose my train of thought. I'm going by a little bit faster my speech, but I hope that, you know, it does not make me, I don't speak too fast that you cannot understand me. That's what I meant to say. (laughs) So hopefully the episode doesn't come off as rushed. I'm still learning, y'all. I'm still learning to calm down, take a deep breath. But anyway, let's get started. Uh, the first article that made me think about this um, 
It was actually called What is Schizoid Personality Disorder? It was um, it was posted on October 17th, 2020. Um, the author of the article is let me see Eleanor Greenberg, PhD, G- CGP, um, who is a gestalt therapy trainer who specializes in teaching the teaching the diagnosis and treatment of borderline narcissistic and schizoid adaptations. Um, this was written, I think I said October 17th, 2020. Um, I just kind of want to read the article. The reason I definitely want to read this one, I was more excited to read this one than anything because I've heard about it before, schizoid personality disorder. I've heard the name a few years ago and then kind of like several months ago, I just, you know, when this was, when this came out, I'm kind of read the article um, somewhat and I was like, yo, like, kind of hit me a little hard. <laughs> so I definitely just kind of read it with you guys and read a few other articles um, that might that might go a little more deeper into it. Um, just to give you guys, I don't know, just to talk talk about it with you guys. I felt like it would be something nice to talk about. Um, anyway, so let's get started. And it says, I think of schizoid personality disorder as the hidden disorder because most people with it are suffering very quietly. Unless they confide in you that they have this particular set of issues, you are unlikely to notice that anything is amiss. If you notice them at all, you're likely to assume that they are hardworking introverts who are not very interested in getting to know other people. However, the problems are much more serious. In fact, so few people know about schizoid personality disorder that when I mention it, most people think I am referring to a much more serious disorder, such as schizotypal disorder, schizophrenia, or schizoaffective disorder. Um, schizophrenia, schizoaffective, I probably mentioned in the article. I mean, another um, podcast episode. Um, schizophrenia and schizoaffective disorder are both serious psychosis, and people with schizotypal disorder are, typ- are typically more visibly odd and disturbed than people with schizoid personality disorder. The confusion comes from the prefix schizo, which is a Latinized version of its Greek word meaning split. So to be clear, schizoid personality disorder is an entirely separate diagnosis from the others. Um, no says in this post, I will sometimes use SVD. So I'll try, I'll say SVD, but just know our schizoid shorthand way of, of saying that a particular person qualifies for a diagnosis of schizoid personality disorder. So just be clear, <laughs> I will sometimes, I might sometimes say SPD or just gets away, but no, I'm saying, I mean, no, schizoid personality disorder. Excuse me. Let's continue. Um, first subheading is what type of problems do people with schizoid personality have? Um, first lack of basic trust. Early traumatic childhood experiences with uncaring, neglectful, intrusive, or abusive parents left my schizoid clients with the belief that relying on other people are is inherently unsafe. Most reported that by age seven, they had realized that the adults around them could not be trusted to take care of them. Often they had an abusive, narcissistic, or borderline parent who made their childhood a living hell. Excessively self-sufficient, second one. Um, the schizoid solution to their lack of trust in other people is to try to become as independent and self-reliant as possible. Instead of looking to other people 
to help for help or validation as I borderline and narcissistic clients do they try to be entirely self-sufficient they also tend to be very private and rarely share the details of the personal life with many people they exemplify the saying she keeps herself she keeps herself to herself most of my schizoid clients are good with money and are careful savers they say that being financially independent gives them a greater sense of security number three disassociation when they were abused as children my schizoid clients were unable to fight back or physically leave however they discover how to disassociate from their body when they are frightened and go somewhere safe in their mind unfortunately by the time they reach adulthood the habit of dissociation disassociating when they feel stress is so ingrained that they do it automatically even when they would rather not and they cannot easily get out of that dissociated state they describe the state as a sense of detachment from their body and their life as if they were walking through a black and white movie about someone else nothing feels emotionally meaningful or real but they can continue to function in a robotic way as long as necessary uh Four, social fears. Most forms of interpersonal intimacy are experienced as potentially dangerous. This is especially true when the other person has a loud voice or domineering manner or seems unpredictable. Next one, avoiding avoidant behaviors. The basic response that most people with SPD have to their social fears is to be physically and emotionally distant distance themselves as much as possible from other people at a party they tend to be to tend to quietly stand at the edges of the group with a drink in their hand or to stay close to the nearest exits next one relationship escape hatches they also tend to build escape hatches into their intimate relationships by escape hatch i mean an easy way for them to justify periodically leaving the relationship such as accepting a job that involves frequent travel or starting an affair with a married person who cannot be with them all the time. The idea of having to be in a relationship with no barriers makes them very anxious. My clients report feeling trapped and claustrophobic when they are expected to be in a close, ongoing relationship, even with someone they claim to love. In and out relationships. Next one. One of the typically schizoid relationship patterns involves going in and out of the same romantic relationship repeatedly. Initially, they feel very much in love and try to get the other person to re reciprocate their feelings. However, as soon as the other person returns their feelings and there are no longer any barriers to, real barriers to intimacy, they become scared. They unconsciously shut down their feelings to protect themselves and find an excuse to back out of the relationship. However, as the time and distance between them and their ex increases, they fear to, they start to feel love and attraction again. This leads them to approach their ex again and try to restart the relationship. Unless they get therapeutic help with their intimacy fears, they will keep replaying this pattern as long as the other person keeps taking them back. Next one, behavior may appear narcissistic. Sometimes people in a romantic relationship with a schizoid person may mistake the above behaviors for narcissistic behavior because they appear superficially similar and feel so hurtful. However, the schizoid's motive is quite different from the narcissist. A narcissist leave because they have become bored or angry, no longer idealize their partner and want the validation of someone new. People with schizoid personality disorder leave because they feel trapped and afraid of being controlled. 
Next one is elaborate life, fantasy life. People who have made schizoid adaptations tend to substitute elaborate fantasy relationships for real relationships. My schizoid clients explain that unlike in real life, in their fantasies, they have total control over what happens. They make fantasy relationships safer. Some people with SPD create such compelling and elaborate fantasy roles that they go on to become famous writers. Next one is existential fears. My schizoid clients are the only ones who sometimes become preoccupied with the idea of death and the inheriting meaningless of life. They may also express the fear that their distancing that their distancing defenses will lead them to become totally isolated from other human beings and avoid without connection to anybody and that they will not be able to reconnect. Next one, hides emotional re reactions. This is in sharp contrast to people with borderline or narcissistic personality disorder who may loudly and publicly attack other people when they feel triggered. Most people with schizoid personality disorder quietly try to handle everything themselves. The last thing that they want is to involve anyone else in their problems. And last one, the next one says lacks whole object relations and object constancy. It says in addition to the above adaptations that are specifically characteristic of SBD, uh, people with SBD also lack whole object relations and object constancy as do people with personality disorders of any kind. In brief, whole object relations is the capacity to see yourself and other people in a relatively realistic, stable, excuse me, integrated way that simultaneously contains both likes and dislike qualities. Object constancy is the ability to maintain whole object relations when you are angry, hurt, disappointed, or physically distant from the other person. Without whole object relations, and object constancy, people are either seen as all good or all bad. The schizo version is safe or unsafe. So the summary of this article, schizoid personality disorder is believed to begin in early childhood as an adaptation to a major lack of attunement from the child's caregivers. Instead of feeling safe, understood, and loved, the child experiences some combination of abuse, neglect, and intrusiveness. This leads the child to believe that other people cannot be trusted. As a result, in adulthood, people with schizoid personality disorder work very hard to be as independent from other people as possible. Most people with schizoid adaptations end up living alone because they feel safer when they are by themselves. People with schizoid disorders mostly look like everyone else. They usually hold jobs, function well at work. Now, not obviously disordered in any way, unless you know what to look for. They internalize their suffering and hide it from the rest of the world. When I asked one of my schizoid clients what she would like me to tell people about schizoid personality disorder, she said, tell them that they will never guess what we are really feeling from looking at us. I'm sorry if I read that article. Um with stutters and mumbling and stuff. Um, I personally um, have not been diagnosed with this disorder, um, but kind of reading it, especially out loud, um, I definitely can relate to a lot of um, 
the symptoms and a lot of the experiences and a lot of things that are written um, very high, very highly, like very intensely. I can definitely um, relate to them. So I feel like kind of reading out loud, it, I don't know, it, it's kind of indescribable to kind of say the least. Um, but this person, the same person, Elnor Greenberg, PhD, um, in CGP, um, she also has another article posted on psychology today that I wanted to read to you guys. Um, it says how schizoid disorders interfere with intimate relationships. Um, I'm trying to see, and this one kind of goes, has like a little bit more of some people kind of giving their little thoughts into it. Um, but this one goes more uh, on the intimate relationship side and not just like as um, SPD as a whole. Um, but I'm going to read this article to you guys as well. Um, I have a couple other articles I'm going to read to you guys as well and like other snippets of articles um, before I read to you guys uh, the experience that I've found and actually some myths that I found um, regarding SPD. So going with this article um, by the same person um, titled, How Schizoid Disorders Interfere with Intimate Relationships. It says, most people are unfamiliar with the term schizoid personality disorder. If they have heard it, of it at all, they're likely to have many misconceptions about what it is. The name itself is confusing. Some people think that it has something to do with schizophrenia because both disorders start with the prefix schizo. No, spoiler, it does not. Or that all schizoids are like the quiet loner in the corner who is not interested in socializing. Also, not true. Before I discuss how, and before I discuss schizoid personality disorder, deal with relationships, I'd like to give some background information that will make their fear of intimacy more understandable. Um, I'm going to skip this section of it um, just because um, it says what is schizoid personality disorder. Um, I'm going to, one second, uh, I'm going, going to skip this one section of it, only because we have, we have read the other article that talk about schizoid personality disorder. Um, but like I said, I'll leave the links, um, in the description of the episode. So you guys can actually, um, copy paste them to the browser, um, and, you know, read them yourself if you're interested. But going to the next section, it says the home life of the schizoid child. If you're reading this post because you have problems with intimacy and believe you may have schizoid personality disorder, it is likely you have experienced some combination of the following things as a young child. One, there was an almost complete lack of attunement to you by your caregivers. Two, there was nobody who you could trust to care of you. Three, you experienced physical or emotional abuse coupled with neglect. Four, you were treated like a thing, not a person with preferences and feelings. Five, your primary caregiver was inappropriately intrusive. Six, you felt trapped in a hostile situation where you had no rights and no control. Seven, you're forced to comply with unreasonable demands. And eight, you believe that no one cared what happened to you, what you thought, or how you felt. It says, Go on saying, 
Here are a few examples of what being a child was like for my clients with schizopersonal disorder. My client Jane um, reported that her mother treated her as if she was she were invisible and had no feelings. She told me the following story, which she described as typical. My mother sometimes decided to vacuum my room and rearrange the furniture at night while I was sleeping. When I asked her, asked for her to stop, she told me to shut my mouth if I knew what was good for me. She said it was her house and she could do as she wished. When I complained, she smacked me. My client Bert was not allowed any privacy growing up. His mother was incre incredibly intrusive. He remembers, he remembers her giving him enemas. I, I hope I correct, said that right. Um, enemas and enemas enemas. I'm, I know I'm probably saying this wrong. Um, every week against his will when he was a young child, when he was still a small child, he, she held him down while he cried and struggled. He was so traumatized by the experience that he developed a lifelong fear of any medical procedures that involved body openings, including dentistry. Here's what happened after he reached puberty. My mom was so afraid that I would masturbate that she searched my room every day for porn. She even looked up the history of my internet searches. I had no privacy. She thought nothing of it, nothing of walking in on me when I was going to the bathroom or showering. When I complained, she said, I diapered you. I've seen everything you have before. As soon as Bert was old enough to legally leave home, he did. By the time I met him, he was living by himself in a small studio apartment, working from home, and was determined to never let any woman control him again. The long-term, the next subheading is the long-term results of being treated like a thing, not a person. It is very common for children who grow up in these types of homes to report that by age seven, um, somewhere around there, that they had already concluded that they were on their own. It was not safe to depend on other people for anything important. The basic experience has been that if you let people get close to you, they will, they will try to control you and mistreat you. This conclusion leads them to focus on becoming as independent of other people as possible. It also leaves them with a weak sense of self, no interpersonal trust, and very few useful relationship skills. For example, most of my schizoid clients enter therapy without knowing that it is possible for two adults to negotiate their differences. Their childhood taught them that whoever has most power calls all the shots and the person has to submit or leave. As teens and adults, most people with schizoid personality disorder long for romance and sex like the rest of us. However, their childhood experiences have left them too frightened to risk being that intimate with other human beings. One second, I need to take a drink real quick. Excuse me. Okay. Um, says the schizoid dilemma and the schizoid compromise. Ralph Klein, 1995, an expert on schizoid personality disorder, calls the situation the schizoid dilemma. The question at the core of the schizoid dilemma is, how do I get safe intimacy? Klein describes the typical solution to this problem as the schizoid compromise. The schizoid compromise involves finding a way to get some safe interpersonal contact while maintaining some impediment to full intimacy. Most schizoid compromises involve having some form of a partial relationship with built-in limitations. Here are some common schizoid relationship compromises. Uh, one, one example is having inter an internet relationship 
where almost all your contact is done virtually and not in person. Um, another example, dating someone who lives far away so that you only see them in person for brief periods a few times per year. Falling in love with unavailable people and pursuing them. Adding a third person to your existing relationship to dilute the intimacy. Excuse me. Having a fantasy relationship with someone you barely know. You make up elaborate and satisfying fantasies in your head that substitute for a real relationship. Uh, going in and out of relationship with the same person over and over again. You leave each time because you feel trapped, then come back again and try again when you feel safe, but lonely or too isolated. Um, only having one night stands or multiple first dates. Getting passionate crushes on celebrities and becoming preoccupied with their life instead of searching for anyone available in your life. Diluting the intimacy of your existing relationship by taking a job that requires you to travel for business or otherwise not be home for long periods of time. In summary, people with schizoid personality disorder lack basic trust in other people's good intentions. During childhood, they were treated more like things than people. They did not learn important relationship skills such as putting up appropriate boundaries, saying no gracefully, and negotiating interpersonal differences. Their sense of identity is weak because they got very little useful feedback from their parents. As a result, they can feel very they can easily feel overwhelmed by more dominant personalities. An adult, their central issue becomes how to get the relationship needs met without relinquishing their independence. Most of the solutions they devise involve having partial relationships that have built in limits that make them feel safe. I'm not sure if you guys heard that, but that's my neighbor across the street. Sorry. Um yeah, so I really don't know what to say. Um, I do feel like this is probably a bigger disorder and actually doing a quick Google search. I'm just searching um, schizoid personality disorder. Um, it says it's actually a common thing. It says more than 200 case, 200,000 cases in the U.S. each year uh, for schizoid personality dis disorder. Um, which I really, which I guess doesn't really help me understand why it's not reported on more or why it's not educated on us. Like it's no, there's no education on it more, you know, instead of like a schizophrenia counterpart because, you know, schizophrenia, you know, has, you know, people with schizophrenia, especially like in movies and stuff like they are shown sometimes, you know, be very eccentric and flamboyant in the, in the way they act like some people with schizophrenia you know don't always are not you know they're not dangerous but you know sometimes the media can make it seem like they're this dangerous person you know and I feel like it's not it's like schizophrenia you don't really hear that word you know so you hear it and it's kind of like oh what's that you know so it was something that I just thought about I was like if it's so common then why is it not reported on you know why is not much education on it why it's not kind of pushed out um and that's kind of a thing with a lot of personality disorders and a lot of disorders in general um you know outside like depression uh anxiety disorders um eating disorders um certain disorders like schizophrenia 
you know, these are more common in a sense of you probably have some type of educator or misconception of the word and how people with the disorder or mental illness will act in multiple settings. Um, but things like this can make people just seem like either they're just trying to get, they just want something wrong with them, which I have been told before. Um, you know, just want something to be wrong or, you know, just feel very misunderstood when in reality it's something that could easily, that could easily be just be talked about the therapy and, you know, things can be different, but, um, it, I, I want to just kind of make me upset when I see this. I see kind of how some people are just easily just able to. It's easier able to just kind of like throw people under the bus, I guess. It's like, you know what? Whatever. Um, I found this other article said uh, it's, it was released like roughly around three, maybe around four years ago, knowing that this. It's come when this comes out, you know, it'll be almost a new year, so it will technically be around four years, roughly. It says the disappearance of the schizoid personality. Um, I'm going to read a section of it. Um, I'll leave the rest of the article for you guys to read on your own. Um, but it was talking about how, but the main point was that how schizoid personality disorder and avoidant personality disorder, um, even though they're two different things. Um, they're kind of being overlapped, so schizoid is not being um, reported as its own disorder. And this really came out in 2017. Um, the author of this article, so I can give them credit, is Daniel Winarik, PhD. I hope I pronounced his name right. I'm so sorry. Um, it, he is an they are an assistant clinical professor of psychiatry at the IC. Eichen, Eichen, School of Medicine at my Mount Sinai Hospital, and an adjunct professor of psychology at Queens College, at a clinical psychologist. Just want to make sure I give proper credit. Um, but I'm gonna read this, just a small section of it. It says schizoid and avoidant personality disorders have been categorized as separate types because different motivations are thought to underlie their social isolation. According to the DSM, DSM-5 APA 2013. Individuals with schizoid personality disorder reportedly do not desire relationships because of deficits in the capacity to relate meaningfully with others, whereas individuals with avoidant personality disorder reportedly desire relationships but fear rejection, shame, and humiliation. This conception leaves two abnormal maladaptive subtypes of introversion, schizoid withdrawal and avoidant withdrawal. Social withdrawal based on Anxious fearfulness is considered avoidant. Social withdrawal based on apathy, anhedonia, and indifference, as well as a preference for solitude, is considered schizoid. Isolated, detached, and withdrawn individuals were not always viewed as separable on the basis of sensitivity to evaluation of others or the potential, or lack thereof, for positive emotional experience and social interaction. In fact, Quite the opposite was true. Hypersensitivity and detachment were viewed as going together in abnormal maladaptive introversion. Um, I'm going to stop there just because I just want to bring that point out um, that 
you know, those two things were kind of being put together or overlapping because some people say, you know, like antisocial or kind of like avoidant. Um, they're like things like that can be kind of used, um, at least in informal uh, settings, like maybe with between friends or just like online. How some people kind of use it interchangeably, but in reality, when you get into like psychology and those kind of things, they're actually like two different things. And there's a reason that they are actually two separate disorders and not just grouped together. Yeah, they might be in a cluster or in a family or, you know, certain category, but it does not mean that they are all the same. There's a reason that they all have a different name. You know, someone who's antisocial, there's antisocial, there's antisocial personality disorder, and there's avoidant personality disorder, and then there's schizoid personality disorder. You know what I'm saying? So there's a difference. And there's a reason why they are given different names, but they can have certain similar symptoms. Uh, oh, and also for anyone who didn't know an- anhedonia, uh, that is just another word meaning lack of pleasure. It's an inability to experience pleasure from activities usually found enjoyable. Um, but yeah, instead, in common causes, lack of pleasure can have Causes that aren't due to underlying disease, examples include overwork, recent tragedy, financial problems, bad weather, boring activities, etc., etc. So yeah, I just want to bring that out um, because I thought it was kind of interesting. Um, what was the other article? I'm trying to find it. I probably should learn to write some of the stuff down. But... Knowing me, I probably would not do that. <laughs> Knowing me, I probably would not. Because that requires a lot of work. And am I part of someone who wants to do 20,000 different things? There's only like two things I need to do. Just research and write things down. No, I don't want to do that. That's probably why I didn't go to college. Because <laughs> in college, I'm pretty sure to write down almost everything you hear. Either that I record everything you hear and still have to write it down later. Um, let's see here. I have like at least 20 different tabs up. Does anyone else do that where they have like 20 different tabs? Like 50, 30, 100 and like don't close any of them? Yeah, I have at least like 20 different tabs open right now. <laughs> oh lord, I can't. What did you do to yourself? Okay. So. I forgot I have some of these tabs open that I already talked about. So let me close some of them and I'll be right back with you guys. Hi guys, I'm back. Okay, so I've got um, the next article pulled up. Um, it's from verywellmind.com. Um, the author is Kendra Cherry. Um, it was medically reviewed by Daniel B. Block, MD. Um, it was, it was recently updated on July 11, 2020, um, on schizophrenic personality disorder. Um, the part I wanted to read was, um, work-life impact and how this, and how this was different from, um, schizophrenia. Um, so I'm gonna read that part to you guys real quick. Um, and like I said, I'll try to leave links in the description episode. So, 
it says work-life impact um, those with this disorder also tend to have few friendships date rarely and often do not marry the symptoms of the disorder may also make it difficult to work in positions that require a lot of social interaction or people skills people with a, with a schizoid personality disorder may do better in jobs that involve working in solitude uh, and how this is different from schizophrenia um, it says while schizoid personality disorder is considered one of the schizophrenia spectrum disorders excuse me and share some common symptoms with schizophrenia and schizotypal personality disorder there are two important distinctions that separate schizoid from the other two schizophrenia and schizotypal disorders those with schizoid rarely experience paranoia or hallucinations also while they may seem aloof and distant during conversations they do make sense when they speak which differs from the difficult to follow speech patterns that often demonstrate often demonstrated by people with schizophrenia but i wanted to read that part especially with the part diff differing it from um, his counterparts of schizophrenia um, mainly because i know people have definitely heard of schizophrenia and i definitely want to make sure there was a distinction between that and um, schizophrenia um also one thing i did notice in the one on the, these articles uh, it came from americanaddictioncenters.org uh, i'm not going to read the part that talks about its connection with um with possible addictions um, was updated on february 3rd 2020 said so was edited by their editorial staff um looking through i can't see a specific person to refer this to um but this is but the part i did want to read was um one that was this is the first article i can see that say that um it's in the cluster a personality disorders which um which says that is indicated by strange or eccentric behavior as well as many common symptoms and shared genetic and environmental risk factors that may lead to their development um now i also just wanted to read this little bit that talks about um recognizing the disorder it says schizoid personality disorder may begin to appear in childhood but it usually doesn't fully express itself until the late teens or early 20s this is because personality disorders like spd or schizoid personality disorder tend to require the establishment of personality into patterns of behavior and the personalities of children and teens are constantly developing changing and maturing i do want to stop here this is i did hear my mom one time say this um i think when when like we would go to like certain therapies and stuff when we were younger um one thing that they didn't want to do was label us so quickly um you know and how sometimes children can tend to back to you know like bounce back or could be just some some weird something weird happened like you know like they probably don't have those problems again um so i definitely remember my mom saying that and i feel like this article does just maybe remind me of stuff of that and how of course our brains are constantly changing when we are younger so by the time we start getting a little bit older that's usually when things get more set in stone so that's usually when we see like certain personalities certain 
behaviors are usually more set. These things usually aren't, you know, going to be as, uh, I don't know how to say, I guess you can say um, as easily malleable as it could be when we're younger. Um, But that was something I just thought about. Um, It says more men than women tend to experience schizoid personality disorder. And it's generally thought that about 3.1% to 4.9% of people have the disorder. The symptoms generally fall into two two areas, emotional coolness and lack of interest in people or activities that they include. One, neither desiring nor enjoying close relationships, even with family members. Two, failing to find pleasure in many or any activities often others, others often enjoy. Three, having little to no interest in sexual relationships. For having no close friends or anyone to confide in other than a few close relatives. Uh, showing little to no reaction to criticism or praise. And lastly, exhibiting a flat effect detachment and emotional coldness. As with all personality disorders, schizoid personality disorder symptoms will often lessen in severity as people age. By the time people have reached their 40s or 50s, some of the most extreme symptoms will have subsided. It is usually a mental health professional with specific training, such as a psychologist or a psychiatrist, who will diagnose a personality disorder, such as SPD, since other clinicians, including internists, never heard of them, and general practitioners often lack the training required to make this sort of psychological diagnosis. Of course, a family physician may be consulted initially when a personality disorder is suspected, but that family physician should refer the person to a mental health professional for more accurate diagnosis. People with schizoid um, personality disorder tend not to seek out treatment unless the condition begins to have a major harmful impact on life. They will usually occur when coping resources reach their limits and the stress of the disorder or other life events become too much to handle. Sometimes the condition is noticed if a person seeks treatment for another related disorder, such as depression. Yeah, <laughs> I was gonna read that a little bit um, from them more so recognizing it because I feel like one, it showed that, you know, don't label your child. You know, child brain is always developing, so it's kind of harder to you know, pinpoint certain things with children. That's what they know. That's why I was. I also remember when I was reading some of the other articles, I was trying to figure out why they say, you know, this was, you know, more in late teens, early adults. Because I was like, well, what, like, I'm pretty sure some of these symptoms are in children. But, you know, it is important to remember, you know, sometimes children can bounce back from certain things. Um, so usually it's fully blossomed usually around late teens, you know, early 20s. Also, another interesting factor was that men usually tend to have it more than women. Um, I did want to make another podcast episode talking about, like, toxic masculinity and toxic femininity. femininity. Um, just because I feel like that can definitely also impose other disorders and ways of thinking because of just societal norms and standards that they have for men and women. And, you know, for other people who live alternate lifestyles, such as, you know, those who identify with other gender identities and sexualities. So, 
I do want to just make an episode talking about that as well. Um, but also, it is important to note that, like it says, please keep help from from actual psychologists, psychiatrists, because they are the people who can diagnose you with a mental health problem or a mental health disorder. Um, but you know, usually you would go to a doctor first, and a doctor usually just makes sure there's nothing physical going on. You know, before they move on to saying, oh, well, here is, you know, you have just something that's wrong with you. They're like, no, let's make sure nothing physical physically is wrong before I move on to say this is your problem. Um, but that was that. Um, I did want to read four myths that I found. I said four common myths about schizoid personality disorder. Um, it was it's written by... Andrew Prolix, I hope I pronounced that right, P-R-O-U-L-X-M-D, uh, it was edited by Jonathan Stroom, medically reviewed by Kevin Wandler, M-D, um, it was updated recently, actually, last month, um, 11, not 11, November 6th, 2020, um, I just wanted to read some of these, um, and just what they, what they said about it, um, it says, first myth, Schizoid personality disorder is, a, is similar to schizophrenia. The fact, schizoid personality disorder is a completely different mental health condition than schizophrenia. When it comes to schizoid personality disorder versus schizophrenia, the two have little in common. The main difference and the reason why they are completely different disorders is that schizoid personality disorder is not a psychotic disorder. As such, it is in a completely different diagnostic category than schizophrenia. Before I go on, let me just tell you, this is from the recoveryvillage.com. That is the website I'm reading this from. Okay, now to continue. Um, it says both disorders do share some similar genetic causes and have social withdrawal symptoms. However, people with schizoid personality disorder do not lose touch with reality or experience delusions, hallucinations, or paranoia like people with schizophrenia. Possibly due to the shared genetic causes, People with schizoid personality disorders are at risk of developing psychosis and schizophrenia at some point in their lives. In this way, schizoid personality disorder and schizophrenia are linked. Second myth, people with schizoid personality disorder are violent. Fact, violence is not a typical characteristic of schizoid personality disorder. Some people believe that the schizoid personality disorder is dangerous. However, it is not characterized by aggressive or violent behavior. In fact, people with schizoid personality don't really get angry much at all. Instead, they have flat emotions and experience neither highs nor lows. People with this disorder rarely seek treatment, which keeps them mostly unidentified and unavailable for study. So research about the link between schizoid personality disorder and violent behavior is sparse. One study looking at Greek prison populations concluded excuse me, that schizoid personality disorder was associated with violent crimes and homicides. But the study suffered from serious design flaws. There's no con control groups for co-occurring mental health disorders, and the conclusions were based on findings that lack statistical significance. The conclusions of this paper have not been reproduced by other studies. Overall, there's no convincing evidence that people with schizoid personality disorder are inclined toward violent behavior. In addition, violence, aggression, or even anger are not described as symptoms of the disorder. When there is violent behavior, it is likely related to 
co-occurring mental health disorders rather than schizoid personality disorder itself. I'm getting a little too excited. Don't want to get excited. My mouth moves faster than my brain can speak. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, next one says myth number three. Individuals with schizoid personality disorder can't function normally. Fact, many people with schizoid personality disorders are able to function fairly well and can work and support themselves. Impaired ability to function is a core feature of personality disorders. However, the level of impaired functioning differs from between each one. Cluster A personality disorders, such as schizoid personality disorder, are generally associated with higher functioning than others, such as borderline or histrionic personality disorder. Though schizoid personality disorder is a high functioning disorder, the functional impairments of people with this condition relate to their reclusiveness and detachment from life. They tend to view themselves as observers of life rather than participants. Jobs for people with schizoid personality disorder may involve little or no social contact, even if these jobs fall below their level of ability. Their level of ability. They avoid interpersonal relationships and live as loners. Although this is their preferred way of living, they suffer which has been described as unbearable and inescapable loneliness from their social isolation. One interesting study presented a first-person account of what it is like living with schizoid personality disorder. It gives an excellent insight into the life and function of an individual who lives with the disorder. The main story demonstrates that some people with the disorder can lead productive lives, though they might not be entirely normal. Much of their ability to function depends on any co-occurring mental health disorders that they may have. For example, depression is an especially debilitating co-occurring mental health disorder that is common among people with schizoid personality disorder. These disorders can prevent function if left untreated. Myth number four, schizoid personality disorder can be treated with medication. In fact, schizoid personality disorder is not treatable with medication. Unfortunately, people with schizoid personality disorder usually lack insight into their condition. Psychiatrists use this term to describe a characteristic of certain mental health disorders that make people believe there is nothing wrong with them. Because of this lack of insight, people with schizoid personality disorder rarely seek help or treatment. Due to its relative rarity and the reclusiveness of the affected individuals, schizoid personality disorder treatment has not been well studied. Though schizoid and other personality disorders cannot be treated with medication, co-occurring conditions such as depression can be. The mainstay of treatment for schizoid personality is psychotherapy. However, it may take a long time before a therapist can establish trust and a therapy is unlikely to change the person's overall dysfunctional personality traits. Therefore, therapy is usually directed at addressing specific stressors in an individual's life or correcting persistent irrational thought that are negatively affecting the individual's behavior. For people with schizoid personality disorder, cognitive behavior therapy, CBT, appears to offer the most appropriate framework for helping with recovery. <sighs> Sorry about that. Kind of winded me out. Um, I am, excuse me. Um, the, the person that they did, um, 
they did mention with the um that had the first account of Kids White. Um, that's not the person I'm going to read today. Um, mostly because the article is a little bit longer, and I know I kind of push this episode a little bit farther than what I kind of hope to push it. Um, so I'll definitely leave it in the description. But um, I did have another person I wanted to speak about. They did not put their name, um, but it's from the mighty.com, same place I got the last experience from for Schizotypal. Um, they did not leave their name, um, but they did leave their experience. Um, and this experience did talk about their uh, experience with like uh, the discrimination and things about um, the things to kind of dealt with um, regards to the disorder and how they kind of had a, what their life experience was with it. Um, the title is My Experiences with Intolerance as Someone with Schizoid Personality Disorder. It says, recently I read the mighty article, When People with Mental Illness Are Made the Dangerous Other. And it got me thinking about, of my own experiences with intolerance. I have a few mental illnesses, some more visible than others. My intrusive thoughts are the most obvious ones, since I react to them with muscle spasms. I also have schizoid personality disorder, which makes me socially awkward and seem strange. Some people have more difficulty tolerating people with mental illnesses, since, since it is so misunderstood. Two years ago, I moved into a new apartment during my second year of university. I didn't know my new roommates very well. I'm very introverted and have social anxiety and have a lot of intrusive thoughts due to the stress of school. I was very happy keeping myself in my room, but my very social roommates seemed to feel uncomfortable. Halfway through the year, one of my roommates went on an exchange and left for a few months. The other would sometimes make a point of jumping in surprise as I walked to a room. Eventually, the one far away sent me a message telling me to leave after Lisa was up, that the apartment dynamic wasn't comfortable for them and it hadn't been fun for them that year. They had apparently discussed this at length. Although I liked the honesty, I wish that things had been discussed with me before. And then I had to find my other roommate, the one still living there and who was in his room, to ask about this message. I feel like a terrifying freak no one could tolerate. After our discussion, it turns out the main reason was I'm not social enough. It was after that incident that I went for a diagnosis, went for a diagnosis for Asperger's syndrome, and ended up being diagnosed with schizoid personality disorder. A year later, I started working at a part-time job. I sometimes have intrusive thoughts at work. There are also cameras everywhere in the small store, and my boss would often watch them. He once zoomed and replayed a time I was having an intrusive thought and showed it to my co-worker, saying I was crazy. He admitted her that he was afraid of me. She told me he said he was afraid of firing, it, firing me in case I would set the store on fire. I know he was a very angry, intolerant person, but it still kind of hurts. During class, I also had some intrusive thoughts sometimes, and people had stared at me for a very long time, talked about me in front of me like I couldn't hear them, and on one occasion, interrupted a teacher to ask if I was okay. I've also noticed that a lot of people who have mental illnesses may not get along with their family members, and I've had my challenges with my family dealing with my mental illness. I think a big solution to this problem is not only mental health awareness, but including all mental illnesses. Because depression and anxiety are awful for the people who have to live with it, but socially are not seem dangerous to society like schizophrenia or some other mental illnesses would.
reading this made me kind of feel very angry and just disturbed by society um, at large because I agree with this 100%. Um, more so last part, I cannot say I've, you know, been put in situations like other people. Um, like you said, with, you know, people were like, oh, I want you to leave. You know, you're, you're not social enough for you to scare me. And how some people can just say things. I think that's what made me so angry and disturbed was that the fact they can just say something so easily and then kind of feel nothing about it. Like they didn't, they'll make a point, try to understand the person. They kind of just treat them like this outcast freak. It's kind of like, it's kind of like reading a, it makes you angry. It feels like I'm reading like a Hollywood script in a sense, but the fact that this is someone's life, it makes me more angry. So I'm like, no one should be treated like that. You know what I'm saying? Like no one should feel like an outcast either from their family or other people that they are, they have to live with. You know what I'm saying? And the fact that someone can't just learn to try to have an open mind and try to understand someone is very annoying. Like, like I can, uh, the reason I can really agree with this because I feel like from my own standpoint, from my own life experience, I have been told multiple times that I'm not the most fun person to be around. You know, I can be very cold. I can be very off-putting sometimes. I think sometimes my emotional uh, disconnect can definitely put people off because they are making like, oh, what's wrong with you? When reality is like, nothing's wrong. Like, I don't be myself. I don't always have emotions to put out there or things to say. I'm good being by myself. And I feel like not a lot of people understood. I feel like a lot of people just, just thought something was wrong with me and just tried to either stay away from me as much as they could or just talk to me like their own eggshells when really I'm not dangerous. I don't do anything that's dangerous. But apparently, to everyone else, it was a problem. I got a lot of that. I remember being talked a lot about that from my mom and other people when I was younger. So this definitely, I feel like reading about Skitsway definitely hit me a little bit hard, um, especially this experience that I read. Um... And I definitely agree with this the last part. He said, you know, I think a big solution to this problem is not only mental health awareness, but including all mental health illnesses, you know. We hear so much about depression, um, anxiety, uh, schizophrenia, bipolar. It's the point we have movies about these kind of things. We have shows. We have things with people who talk about these things. And it's kind of widespread to the point where anyone probably has known probably know someone or has like a relative or someone who has somewhat of, the, of some kind of disorder of some kind but I do agree that some people do like to put around um, this fear around some of these disorders and I feel like some of it is the media to blame the media is so much to blame you know sometimes the media is like okay like for next big thing we'll just make this up and people but I'll definitely say a lot, the main issue with people, people do not try to research it and try to understand. They just look at the screen and they're like, well, this is what it is. So you must be following this kind of thing. When reality is, people are so complicated. The brain is so complicated that one person has depression. They might have, the, they might be, they might have similar depression, but they have different ways of expressing their depression. You know, People, just because you see someone with a disorder violent on TV or 
you read a story and someone's violent or has very odd ways of acting, doesn't mean that the next person who's diagnosed with that is going to act the same way. And I feel like I wish the scientific community, the psychological community could research more into these hard to understand um, disorders and are able to push it more mainstream to the point where people don't feel so attacked by people who just don't understand. Because half of these people just don't understand. Sometimes it's hard to tell when someone just doesn't understand they want to learn. And when some people are like, it's not a problem. I just don't want I don't even want to understand. I just want you to leave me alone. It can make someone feel more isolated than what they are. I mean, just reading about schizoid personality disorder, doing my own little research on it, people with schizoid personality disorder already feel alone. They already feel isolated already by something that they personally don't feel like they can control. And they just learn to get just to just to live with. When in reality, it, it's it's hard, and and that's not something that someone wants to constantly have thrown their face. I'm sorry, everyone, a little tangent, but I just makes me angry when I hear about discriminatory acts or people just being treated differently over things that they can't really control. Or if people just try to make something like they just want attention or it's something that can be easily controlled. It's not. If you're one of those people, you probably are probably the person who needs to get help. And I said what I said. Anyways, um, that's going to be it for today. Um, I let the episode go on quite a, quite a bit. Um, I will leave the description. I'll leave the links to all the articles I read in the description. And any other articles I could find, um, kind of detailing more on um, schizo- schizoid personality disorder. Um, uh, like I said, um, I'll, I'll leave all that description. Um, I know I don't usually um, promote it much, but um, I do have a Twitter for this podcast. Um, you can legit just Google My Thought Journal. Um, you can probably search it up or just. Or if you want the handle specifically, it's at um, my thought and it's Jern, J-O-U-R-N, and then the number two. Um, that's a, the specific handle, but you can just search up my thought journal podcast. And, um, or you can go to my anchor page, which I have um, linked in my, dis- I do have a link when I release my podcast episode of my tweets. And you guys should be able to find my Twitter through there and um, other things and such. So go to my Anchor profile, anchor.fm. Um, and you search up my thought journal. You should be able to find it. You'll do well over there. Um, but yeah, I hope you guys have a good rest of your day, night, wherever you are. And just stay safe, stay healthy. And I hope to uh, see you guys, talk to you guys next week. Bye, guys. Have a good one.